0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Erin Addison's.
1: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. and I'm Will, and Victory and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show today. We have a special emphasis uh, talking about praying for the prodigal, the one who has uh, turned away. Maybe once knew the truth, grew up in church. Uh, there are so many Christian parents who are—I don't think distraught is too strong a word to use—but mm. uh, distraught over the state and the condition of the soul of their children. Yeah. Um, and, and this is something that we have to be concerned about. Yes. We're going to get into that. Our friend and our sister, Laura Perry Smaltz, uh, will join us in the next segment um, to sort of unpack this and, and have this conversation in your hearing. Uh, I will say this, and then there's another story that I want to get to in this first segment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we'll just kind of see how the rest of our time shakes out. Um, let me say this and set up for second and third segment. We will not care about the condition of our kid's soul if we um, if we redefine what God has said is holy mm. and right and true. Amen. And so if we ever move to a place as parents, um, as grandparents, uh, certainly just our own state, our own souls caring about our own eternities. If we ever move to a place where we make God in our image, which means that Every time something changes and we don't like it, we change him. Okay, Mm -hmm. so who God is is not fixed, okay, is not eternal, right, and set and existing that way for eternity past and eternity future.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Now try to wrap your mind around that. If Mm -hmm. we ever get to a place where we say, well, I just don't think God would do that, and we're basing any of those assumptions or those thoughts on our personal preference. Mm. Well, why don't you think God would do that? Well, I don't think God would do that because I mean, I wouldn't like if God did that. Okay. okay. <laughs> like there are many things that we wouldn't like if they happened. Right. It doesn't mean that they won't happen. Right. There are many things that we wouldn't like if they were true. It doesn't mean that they're not true just because we dislike them. So I think part of this, this starting point that we're going to deal with in the next segment is making sure that we stick close to the straight edge of Scripture. Yeah, You're not going to develop a conviction to pray for your kid if your kid has left truth, has walked away from truth, right? You're not going to develop a conviction to pray for that kid, to intercede for that kid, to ask the Lord to have mercy on that kid's soul. You're, you're not going to enter into that if you believe that, well, you know, my kid's nice, <laughs> so I just want to want to show my support. I just, I want to, I just want to be a good parent. There is no better parent than the parent who is desperate for that soul of that child that you, and in one case, maybe you brought into the world or maybe as your child by way of adoption, there is no better parenting Mm -hmm. than to be concerned and to pray for the soul, the eternity of your child. Mm -hmm. There is no better parent. Okay. But that's, (laughs) <laughs> not where I want to go in this moment. I just want to we got to just recalibrate the way that we think um, that's coming up in the next segment. I want to talk about something here. I know we're not going to be able to unpack this in its entirety, but I was reading this article earlier this morning and I look, I was really bothered by this. I'm really disturbed by this. And and I know that um, maybe you've seen this or maybe you've heard. So I don't know. Um, many of our listeners will share my frustration and my anger. Uh so I was reading this article this morning and learned about um the SWAT raid on this pro-life activist and author and father of seven kids who are homeschooled. Okay. And there's a, a raid of about twenty-five to thirty FBI agents who descend on his home early Friday morning in rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> Now look, I, I don't. Okay, I'm take my time. So, <laughs> so sometimes I read things and I'm just like, oh, that's a shame. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, I just that's not right. Yeah. This made me very, very angry, very, very angry. And I'm going to get into the story here as much as I can in this first segment. But let me just say this before as a setup: we have watched immense, like we we have watched incalculable destruction from the hands of just lawless individuals in this country. We have watched them record their destruction. We have watched them parading up and down intersections, blocking people on their way to work. We have watched them intimidating law enforcement I- officials in their face. We have watched them do all sorts of things. And we have seen that we are su- just allow for their discontent. Mm. Give just, him some room just, to, just give them some room to, you yeah. know, this is, this is. All. And <laughs> you have a pro-life activist who is out doing sidewalk counseling with his 12 year old son. And you've got a, an abortion volunteer, an, an abortion clinic volunteer who gets in the 12 year old son's face. And the dad is saying, back up, hey, back up. But you've got the abortion clinic. Escort getting in the kid's face and saying, "Excuse me, you might not want to have your kid listen." I'm not. I'm not going to use any vulgar language, but some language may be too strong even for younger listeners. Okay, but you've got the escort, the abortion clinic escort getting into in the twelve year old kid's face and saying, "Hey, your dad's a fag. Hey, what's wrong with your dad? Hey, you're and and intentionally trying to to provoke, right? And so the dad is saying. Hey, back up, back up. But the abortion (laughs) clinic escort, volunteer, whatever, is continuing to press, press in, press in. So the dad pushes him back. Hey, back up. That escort falls back. (laughs) That dad who pushed that escort back was arrested by a SWAT team on Friday. A SWAT team. 25 to 30 FBI agents banging on their door. Guys, listen, this type of threat and intimidation is akin to something you might experience in like Russia. Do you understand? Like that type of, so, so what is the message that is coming from an FBI operating under this administration? What, what is the message? Guys, just, just think about that for a second. The message is, we are going to control every aspect of your life. Mm. You you will not. You will not go against our set of norms. You will not go against our set of values. So we protect the wicked and the lawless. Do you mm. understand? But those who would stand up and defend and protect life, we will torture you. We will make you criminal in this country. Guys, this is where we are. And what is the message that is sent? So even if there was a violation, even if there was a legitimate warrant, which I I don't have time. I will get into the story um, here. Let me just read. Okay, here we go. This is from Life uh, LifeSite News. Guys, makes your blood boil. Like, it just is a a special type of of anger that I, you know. Okay. A well-known pro-life author, sidewalk counselor, and father of seven was the latest victim of a U.S. Department of Justice sponsored SWAT raid and arrest for supposed Face Act violations, we'll talk about what the Face Act is. <laughs> My goodness, at his mm-hmm. rural home, as his children looked on, screaming. Mm-hmm. Guys, I try. I try. I'm trying to imagine. I am trying to imagine Man. this scenario with, and we've we've got kids, so I'm I'm trying to imagine. You know, okay. So, all right. So Mark mm-hmm. Hauk, I, I think is how you say the name, is the founder and president of the King's Men which promotes healing for victims of pornography addiction and promotes Christian virtues among men in the United States and Europe. According to his wife, Ryan Marie, who spoke with LifeSite News, he also drives two hours south to Philadelphia every Wednesday to sidewalk council for six to eight hours at two different abortion centers. Ryan Marie, who is a homeschooling mother, described how the SWAT team of 25 to 30 FBI agents wow. swarmed their property With around fifteen vehicles at seven in the morning—that's crazy. I first of all, I when I my first feeling is the amount of horror. Because think about it, we are law-abiding citizens, Mm -hmm. right? We we are trying to hold this country accountable, like that we are a nation of laws. So, can you imagine the terror? And that is that's the aim, guys. By the way, this type, this this is terror. OK, this is terror to have 15 vehicles and then have 25 to 30 agents. That's t- that is a form of government encouraged, mandated, forced terror. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call that. What what evidence? My question is, what evidence did the FBI have that would suggest that this man Needed that type of show up, right? Th- that's my question. Like, what? What has is he running like a prostitution ring? Like, is he is he a, a human trafficker? Do we have any known drug connections where there may be other like bad actors on site where you have got to go? He's just
0: violent because he pushed the guy. <laughs> that requires like twenty five agents and you know, fifteen squad cars and. Oh man, it's crazy. crazy. Having
1: quickly surrounded the house with rifles in firing position. They started pounding on the door and yelling for us to open it. This is according to Ryan Marie, the wife of the man who was arrested before opening the door. She explained her husband tried to calm them saying, please, I'm going to open the door, but please, my children are in the home. I have Mm. seven babies in the house, but they just kept pounding and screaming.
0: Wow.
1: When he opened the door, They had big, huge rifles pointed at Mark and pointed at me and kind of pointed throughout the house. Can you you can see it, can't you? You can see guys. What kind of country do we live in where we we have lost trust in our institutions because of things like this, where you've got really violent criminals who they release back onto the streets who murder people. They murder people and they are released out onto the streets. And then you have FBI agents raid the home of a family with their children because they are pro-life activists. What kind of America is this? I don't understand. I don't understand. This upsets me at a level that's difficult for me to communicate, and I don't mean to be unnecessarily emotional, but I want you to understand the insecurity of a country And it's citizens Mm. when we live in a place that just because people don't like you. They can dispatch men with big weapons to your home when your children are there. Because they don't like you. Because the right administration is in power and they don't like you. Mm. Guys, I don't I Mm. I don't care what your political affiliations are but I do care about the kind of country that we live in. And I think that it doesn't matter what side of this argument you are on. We can agree on some basic things that the government should not be weaponized against its citizens to control their thoughts and their sentiments to control their convictions. This is where we are in the United States of America in the 21st century. When they came in, they ordered the kids to stay upstairs. Our staircase is open. So the kids were all at the top of the stairs, Mm. which faces the front door. And so they were on the stairs as I was coming down the stairs. The kids were all screaming. It was all just very scary and traumatic, the mom says. After asking them why they were at the house, the agents said that they were there to arrest Mark. When Ryan Marie asked for their warrant, they said that they were going to take him whether they had a warrant or not. Wow. At this point, (laughs) at this point, the mom, the wife says, you can't just come into a person's house and kidnap them, them at gunpoint. They then agreed to go get a warrant from one of the other vehicles. The husband then asked, can I get a sweatshirt and get his rosaries? But when she returned, the wife who was going to get these items, the husband had already been loaded into a vehicle. (laughs) They provided the first page of the warrant and said they were taking him to a federal building in downtown Philadelphia. What was the warrant? He was charged with violating the freedom of access to a clinic entrance act. Violating access to a a clinic the raid 25 30 people We'll be right back All the saints and angels they bond-
2: I'm
3: Laura Perry, and I was in the film In His Image, and um, I'm a former transgender. I lived that way for about nine years, and um, God has just radically set me free, and now he's continuing to just restore and redeem my life so far beyond what I ever imagined, and now he's brought this amazing man into my life. This is Perry. Initially, I did not have any clue that I was going to get married. Um, I I told God, I said, you know, I'm fine if I'm just single the rest of my life. And when I left the transgender lifestyle, I really thought I would just always feel like a man. I thought I was just always going to feel trans, but I, I was just going to deny that for Christ. I had no idea the healing that God was going to bring into my heart and my life. But as he healed me, I I began to desire a husband, but I prayed and I said, God, I I want whoever you want for me. And I asked God to arrange my marriage. And so I really trusted the Lord. I, I think the Lord put that on my heart and really prepared me for two or three years.
2: And I was really comfortable being single. I wasn't really looking for anybody. I didn't need anybody. And then I met Laura. You know, I had prayed that the Lord would give me somebody that would be, I could be on the same team with her. And I was attracted to her beautiful smile and her, her very positive attitude, her love for the Lord, her love for the Word of God, her desire to do ministry, her desire to obey God no matter what. She's become irresistible to me ever since then.
1: Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's On American Family Radio. Man, I really needed that smile. I really needed that um, that encouragement that is the fact that the Lord intervenes in the affairs of men. Amen. And that power uh, prayer is very powerful, mm. and it really does change situations. We have gotten so familiar with the Lord, and we have lived um, relatively comfortable lives that we don't really have a whole lot of need for prayer. Um, maybe if you've got a kid that has wandered away from the faith, you just create a type of faith that allows for that wandering. Um, so then you don't have to pray. You don't have to intercede. But this week, we are encouraging you strongly and standing with you, um, actually, in prayer for that kid or that grandkid who has wandered away from the faith. Uh, we are calling it our Prodigal Prayer Emphasis Week. And we're going to talk a lot about that today and throughout the week. But Laura Perry Smoltz, Laura Perry Smoltz, joins us today to help us discuss um the prodigal prayer guide that is available um, through American family radio, American family association. But also I want to, I, I love to take the opportunity, every opportunity that we have, Laura, to, to make much of what God has done in your life. I do not think it can be over celebrated. I hope that you don't get tired of sharing your testimony, but it really is so incredible. And at the same time, very credible when we consider the one to whom we've gone uh, in prayer and seeking him out. If you go to in his dot movie, you can actually get a free digital download of the prodigal prayer guide, which walks you through and I don't want to steal Laura's thunder, because that's kind of one of the reasons that she's here to talk about what this Prodigal Prayer uh, Guide is, but it walks you through how to pray for that loved one in your life who has walked away from the faith, that one who grew up in church, who was once acquainted with the things of God, but has really kind of been drawn or captured by this world. This prayer guide, which uh, Laura is one of the authors on, um, writing prayers and writing encouragement to those who are praying for children and grandchildren, I'll just add, who have walked away from the faith. This guide will invite you to pray for them with fervor, with encouragement, knowing that the Lord hears those prayers and that mm-hmm. he stands poised and, and ready to answer and respond to those prayers. So you can go to inhisimage.movie, and what you'll do is you'll click on prayer. Um, and when you click on prayer, you can either get the digital download for free, or you can order hard copies that are $10 Um, When you go to in his image dot movie, I'm trying desperately because I'm so uh, well acquainted with Laura's testimony and what the Lord did in her life and even um, celebrating with her and attending her wedding. Um, The girls and I had the opportunity to do that in May, Um, but I don't I don't want to share anything that she's going to get on and then (laughs) want to share. But will the great while we wait and get Laura on. How do we encourage parents? I mean, look, I will just be honest with you. I'm not going to keep dancing dancing around mm-hmm. um, the obvious here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the callers that you had on Wednesday of last week, I was greatly concerned about that call. I thought you had a wonderful um, and measured exchange with her, but she was talking about her daughter who yeah. now identifies as non-binary, and she talked about wanting to support her daughter. Yeah, And the thing that really grieved me about that, was that sometimes we can be really deceived and thinking that we're doing the loving thing, but eternity must always be in view, not our kids' temporal comfort or making them feel like, you know, you're okay with me and I support you. There must be some things that we as parents, and we know this because raising children, Mm -hmm. there are just some things that we have to say, I don't support that. Yeah. Now you think about that in the temporal sense I don't support you doing things that are reckless. No, you can't just do that because you want to do that. Um, talk about that in terms of eternity. You can't just, I can't support you in that because right. to do that means that you're shipwrecked. Your right. faith is shipwrecked.
0: Now, let's try this one more time. Let's try to see if she's online too before we do. <laughs> okay. Laura, right All right. You there? Laura,
1: can you hear us?
0: No, it's not. It's not coming through.
1: We'll keep trying. I really want our (laughs) listeners to hear from Laura. I mean, we can talk about this issue, but there's something special about having someone who has lived this life and whose mom, which is another point that I was going to (laughs) draw out from Laura. um, Her mom refused to give that, quote unquote, support that we might think of. When we think of support for the the person in our life who is sexually confused or confused about their sexual identity. And one of the things that Laura said years ago when I first interviewed her on this was that her mom refused to use the pronouns and and refused to use the new name that she had adopted. And um and that was a tether to reality. And and hopefully if we get Laura on, she Let's can see. really kind Laura, of elaborate you, on are that. Are you
0: there, Laura? Oh, no. Nope. Okay. Still not there. All right. So <laughs> <Wait>. I'm gonna <laughs>
1: You can keep trying, but um, so we will talk about the Prodigal Prayer Guide together, <laughs> though, because it's going to make for really awkward radio to keep, like, can you yeah, hear me now? Can yeah. you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Because we can't do it. Um, but we'll see. Whatever. Maybe we can get one of the engineers to work on that. Yep, that's that's kind of the thing of, um, okay, great. You guys keep doing that. Um, that's one of the things <laughs> about live radio. We just, we have to roll with it as we go. But one of the things that I wanted to draw out, Willie really Gray, as we were mm-hmm. talking, and even as you engaged our caller on Wednesday And I thought you handled that very delicately because, look, we're not trying to just come off the top ropes at people. I think sometimes in praying and also dealing delicately with people, we are asking the Holy Spirit to open eyes. Yeah. Sometimes our affection for those closest to us can really kind of cloud our judgment our heart can kind of run wild mm. but we need the holy spirit to help rein that in yes. and and also we don't want to be complicit in saying yes to sin right. yes to rebellion against right. god when the wage of that or the wages of that would be death
0: right yeah exactly we cannot approve of what god has disapproved of you know he makes it clear in his word but i I'm, I'm excited about um this because we're focusing on praying um for those who are lost. And the thing is, one one thing that the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart a while back was that we we can complain, but why don't we pray? Mm-hmm. You know, so praying uh does something. Like sometimes it feels like, oh man, I'm just spinning my wheels by praying. Well, we don't understand what prayer is. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's powerful. We need to understand who we're talking to. We need to understand that he is able to do way beyond what we can even imagine. And so the, uh, the situations may seem like they're impossible, but they're not. God can change uh, whoever, whenever, and so it's just a powerful thing. And I and I know it's hard. You're talking about the call for parents to uh, dealing with their children to to say, man, to, to just kind of own up to what's going on. But mm-hmm. we have to have the Word of God at our as our straight edge. That we yeah. stand up on the Word of God no matter what. And that's not easy all the time. But this walk with Christ is not easy all the time. So.
1: You know, we were talking about this in our um, gathering for prayer last Thursday, last week on Thursday, and uh, you were asking questions about um, revival and awakening and and things like that. And and one of the things I was reminded of was that um, among the other things that kind of sparked the second great awakening Mm -hmm. in this country was the question, um, is the Bible the word of God? Is the Bible the word of God? Now think about how profound that question is that it would spark a revival. Um, What is the implication there? Is that if the Bible is the the word of God, then the return to it as authoritative would be automatic. Mm -hmm. It would change the way that we live. And I think with parents who have prodigals, those who have walked away from the faith. And again, I want to go back to this assertion. We don't shift and change, right? Because we love our kid. Mm hmm. If the Bible is the word of God and it can be trusted and everything that it purports is true, then we must stand firm. And from that fixed point, be calling on the Lord to restore our children, to save our children, to open their eyes. As it is, we do them um, a disservice when we start moving the line or we live in such a way. So as to communicate that the Bible is not the word of God. Which again, to move God's standards or to move God's boundaries is to say just that. I'm being told that we have Laura on. Um
0: <laughs> Let's try, it. let's see.
1: Okay. Laura, are you there? <laughs> I'm here. Can you hear
0: me? Yes, we can oh, hear well, you. Oh well I'm happy okay. to hear from you, Laura. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I started to say a moment ago, you guys had me in tears at my own story, because I just get, when you're playing that clip, I I get blown away by what God has done, because mm. what a lot of people um, don't know, I didn't even realize at the time when I came out of that lifestyle, I honestly didn't think I'd ever look like a girl again, I didn't think I'd ever feel like a girl again, I was really just trying to obey Christ and sort of hang on until I died, I had no hope of redemption, mm. and or transformation. And when you guys were talking about how God does above and beyond, you know, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, it's like that's
1: what God has done. It's been Amen. a complete miracle. Amen. You know, it's incredible. I when I watched that clip, and there's more to that. And I, and I heard you express that, Laura. You know, I don't think that I realized that process that the Lord had walked you through. And I feel like we've had several conversations, both interview and then privately, just talking about what the Lord is doing and how he began using you in ministry to encourage the body and to encourage parents. But I don't think I fully understood that when the Lord saved you, that you kind of had this, um, I don't know, I guess this resolve that, well, I'm always going to struggle with these feelings. I'm always going to struggle with Um, this, I don't know if you would have called it an attraction or or how you would have described that, but I am going to be faithful. and I'm going to just live this way. Can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Because I think to really highlight the complete work of redemption is very encouraging.
2: Yeah. Amen. And, you know, it started with um, just the Lord, like step by step. I, you know, I, I didn't figure out how to fix myself and I had no idea, how I was going to go on this journey. And like I said, I, I just didn't have any hope except that my focus really was on the Lord. And this is such a testimony to him because a lot of people don't realize I had years of rebellion before I even went in the trans lifestyle. I mean, I was I wanted to be the opposite of a Christian. I wanted nothing to do with Christians or the church. I was praying to Satan, asking Satan to keep people from coming to know Jesus. And mm-hmm. what what God had done in my life was such a, this radical miracle but as I pursued him and he began to heal these things um, in me, as I began to forgive my mom, as I began to let go of the bitterness and, but I still, I came to a point where I was like, okay, God, I'm comfortable in who you've made me to be. I may not like being a woman, but but I'm okay at this point. But then it was, I actually was at a conference this last weekend with revive our hearts. I don't know if anyone's familiar mm-hmm. with that yes, amazing women's ministry that I, I absolutely love. And so I got mm-hmm. to speak at their conference and, wow. um, they, their material as they taught on biblical womanhood, which is something a lot of women don't want to hear. But mm-hmm. when we truly begin to understand God's design and that His design is good, and as I begin to embrace that, and I didn't want to at first, <laughs> but um, I, I was I was a very lo- reluctant participant in this study. I was already quite invested in the discipleship group when they decided to study this. Um, but as the Lord brought healing to all of that And as he began to show me that his design was good. So it wasn't so much that um, because I think sometimes we can get so focused on our problem Mm -hmm. that we're not focused on the solution. But instead, the Lord focused my attention on him Mm -hmm. and on his design and on what he had for me. So I think that was the difference.
0: Mm.
1: Laura, I want to, and I know we're headed to a break here in just a little bit, but maybe we can begin and then pick up on the other side of the break. I would love if you could help me um, run a highlighter over how important it is for us, for parents, for grandparents to tell the truth in a culture that is drowning in lies. Like we live in a culture where lies and deception are not even um extraordinary. They're just kind of a part of how we are currently um, living life as a culture. And so then the Christian has the opportunity to stand out. When we get back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about the eternal value of parents telling the truth about what God has said about human sexuality and sexual identity and how even God used that, your mom's willingness and conviction to tell the truth, um, to draw you back to himself. We'll pick up right there on the other side of the break. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Don't go anywhere. So. Praise you again and again. Cause all that is Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and that's Brandon Lake with gratitude.
1: Laura Perry Smoltz is with us, and uh, we are talking about the Prodigal Prayer Emphasis Week, uh, where we invite parents and grandparents. To pray for their children who have grown up in the faith, who are acquainted with the things of God, but at some point made a decision to walk away. Uh, In particular, those who are confused about their sexuality, uh, confused about their sexual identity. uh, How do we even pray? You would be surprised, or maybe not, how overwhelming it can be to have someone in your life who is living in this type of rebellion. The questions are, where do I start? How do I pray? What should I ask the Lord Well, um, now there's a guide that I think so many parents and grandparents will find helpful. And Laura Perry Smoltz joins us today to talk about that. Um, Laura, I do want to pick up where we left off uh, before we hit the break. Just talking about the importance of telling the truth in a culture that is content with lies. Uh, Talk specifically about how your mom, as you say, tethered you to reality.
2: Yeah, and and right as you said that earlier, I've never had this this thought except uh, i just felt like the lord reminded me that jesus is the way the truth and the life Amen. Um, of course we know no man comes to the father but by him but satan is the father of lies and he comes mm. to steal kill and destroy mm. so my question is do you want to give them jesus or do you want to give them the devil
0: mm-hmm. i mean this is
2: like you can't you can't give them lies and yet give them jesus at the same time yeah yeah uh so you know there's a way to do that like jesus didn't you know, start screaming and berating and putting down the woman at the well where the woman caught in adultery
1: right. um,
2: or shaming them publicly or, you know, things like that. Um, he was gentle, but yet he he, he spoke the truth.
1: Amen. And my
2: mom uh, and my dad as well. But, you know, I, I think the reason I talk about my mom a lot was just the, the dramatic change in our, our relationship and just such redemption in that story. Uh, but you know, my my mom just refused to call me Jake, and she wouldn't use the male pronouns, and it would make me mad. But I knew they loved me. It was I was always trying to manipulate them into doing what I wanted because mm-hmm. I was desperate for that affirmation. What a lot of people don't realize with um, transgenders or really anybody living in rebellion to God in any kind of mm-hmm. lifestyle is um, they're overriding the truth that they know. The Bible is very clear that people know deep down there's a God. God's revealed Himself to every man. They may not mm-hmm. know all the details of the gospel, but they have some knowledge of God that they are rejecting. The Bible says they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so they'll they'll heap to themselves lots of information trying to suppress that knowledge, but it bubbles mm-hmm. back up. And so what they want from you is to help them suppress that truth. So there's oh. no way mm. that you
1: can affirm this lifestyle and yet help them come to the truth. The two are um, polar opposites. That's
0: right. Mm. Amen
1: man you know the thing that i'm i am i am struck by is that when you think about the type of culture that we live in all of us in one way or another are being invited to help man suppress this truth. Like we we are all mm-hmm. being invited to participate, whether it's, you know, well, you just wanna practice uh, pronoun hospitality or w- whether or not it's even signing your own email signature by declaring your pronouns. Like all of these things that sort of like say, I get to decide this, I have a choice in this. And it is so important, what I hear coming from you is that it is so important for us to unapologetically walk in truth. Truth is not mutually exclusive of love, right I mean right, that is still the case, right yeah,
2: yeah, amen. I mean, if Jesus is both love and truth, how do you separate the two mm-hmm. you know but but I also know that there there's kind of two sides to this coin because another thing that the Lord has taught me, especially with parents, remember when um Jesus said that um, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. And there are times that a prodigal is absolutely closed off to what the parent has to say.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so we can keep reaffirming that truth when they come back. But I think there's a danger in chasing them down. Because I used to feel like my parents were trying to pull me to themselves. And when they really began to pursue the Lord with all their heart, Mm -hmm. it, it made me so curious. And I began to kind of observe them. And so there's a—I think there's a balance there between—it's kind of like being a lighthouse, always shining the truth and always shining the light of Christ, um, and and being planted firmly on that solid rock. But if the the boat, you know, goes around in the ocean with um, the—or if the lighthouse floats around in the ocean with the boat, the boat's never going to find its way Mm -hmm.
1: home. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I see that. Uh Uh-huh.
2: You know, so I I think one thing the Lord has taught me is about the parent really— Surrendering them in a way, you know, not to give up, you know, keep praying, keep seeking the Lord, but Mm -hmm. yet surrendering that control. Because I think we want to do it in our own way, in our own timing. Mm. Um, But God wants us to, it's all about trusting in the Lord. And that I, um, here, just a quick example the Lord gave me recently. You know, I said, uh, Psalm 40 is one of my most favorite passages about God rescuing us. And I said, what if it read like this? Um, I, I turned to my mom and she heard my cry and um, mm-hmm. she pulled me up out of the horrible pit and out of the mire clay and set my feet on the rock. I mean, you don't, <clears throat> that's never going to happen. Right. You know, we don't want millions of souls coming to us. Come on. Um, that's so we're good. not their answer. <laughs> right. but, but let's point them to the Lord. So I think as a parent... Yes, keep standing firm on the truth, Amen. not not giving in, not compromising, but at the same time allowing the Lord to do that space and that work in them because ultimately it's the Lord that's going to rescue them. You know, Amen. I
0: just want to ask about the power of prayer as it concerns, you know, the prodigals and people who are away from the Lord because a lot of times— uh, No prayer can seem like inactivity to us, you know, like, are we Mm -hmm. really doing something? But can we talk Mm. about just the power of of prayer? Uh, And sometimes we live our lives like we don't really understand, you know, what prayer is and who God Mm -hmm. is, because we would rather try to figure things out on our own and try to, Mm -hmm. you know, use our argument, our best arguments with with the people. But talk about the power of prayer in in, uh, your situation.
2: Yeah, this, this was so cool because what my parents didn't know is that God was working on me the whole time. I had so many dreams that God would speak to me and so many people mm. he would bring into my life. I was hearing things over the radio. Um, there was one time where God just encountered me. And for whatever reason, out of the blue, my parents had been praying about my really bad music choices Mm-hmm. And I'd been listening to rock music for over 10 years, and all of a sudden I realized how angry it was making me. I was like, why am I listening to this? I'm sick of it making me so angry. I turned it off. The Christian music came on. The presence of God filled my car. Wow. This was like six years before I got saved. I'd never wow. encountered God like that. But but one thing the Lord showed me recently, I mean, um, the story of Moses, when he had led the people out of Israel. And he, hadn't, he had a hard time believing God that he was that God was really going to do this, but then he had this great faith in God, and they had got pinned in between the the Red Sea and the mountains. So he's seen all these miracles, and so when the army's um, bearing down on them, he says, stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. You only need to be still, and you will see, and God is going to deliver you. But he hadn't asked God for the plan, and so God says, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to move forward. And so God parts the Red Sea, i'd never noticed that the glory cloud moved behind the people of israel the angel of the lord went behind them and he fought for them but israel was not allowed to see the battle
1: mm. but then once they
2: were on the other side all of a sudden god um god allowed them to see what had happened and the enemy was completely destroyed and it was a miracle but they never knew how it happened mm. and sometimes <laughs> god doesn't let us see the battle sometimes he does later they were able, they had to actually engage in fighting. Mm-hmm. There are times where God is like, you cannot see the battle. You move forward and you walk toward me. You pursue me. And I'm going to do a miracle that you won't even believe.
1: Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. Laura, let's let's talk about the Prodigal Prayer Guide. And let's talk about the work that has gone into compiling um, prayers that um, will be encouraging to parents and to grandparents. Why was this so Important to put together,
2: well, this is really um and I think um, our friend Kendra that directed in his image, I think this was a lot of her vision as well, but uh, my um, myself and my mom and our uh, my mom 's prodigal prayer leader for her Bible study, Carolyn Morgan, all contributed to this, and we just had a heart to um, to not only pray for prodigals. But also I just have such a heart for these parents and to give them hope and to keep them encouraged and to not give up because I know the power of prayer in my own life and it can be I think people get discouraged and they think, I'm not seeing anything happening. I've been praying for years and but I think praying the scripture not only gives you some biblical prayers to pray for them, but also um it that you're putting the word in your own hearts. So these mm. these prayers are really guiding you through scripture praying scripture over your prodigals, but also praying them over your own heart.
1: Mm, So good. So I want to make sure that our listeners know that if they are interested, um, if they are stirred, that they can go to inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie, and you can get a free digital download of this prodigal prayer guide. If you want printed copies, uh, you can get them for $10. So you can learn more about that by going to inhisimage.movie and clicking on prayer. Laura, let me do this. Um, and I kind of want to allocate some time in different areas. One, I want to make sure that we wrap up praying. So I want to leave enough time for that. But I want to talk about your marriage to Perry. And I want to talk about the encouragement that is available to those. Who have, as we're watching in our culture right now, there are many, many individuals who are what is called detransitioning. Their Mm -hmm. eyes are being opened to their incredible error and their miscalculation and being wrongly encouraged. Um, I'm wondering if you can encourage those who may be listening, who have made decisions, made choices, that they feel like, man, I, I, I can't really come back from this. Talk about what the Lord does.
2: Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I I didn't think or see how God could ever bring me someone who would not only be okay with um, my sexual past, because I had quite an extensive sexual past, but then also, um, you know, this, this trans past, and I didn't have breasts, I didn't have any of the reproductive organs, um, I still had to shave my face every day. And so I thought, what man is going to be able to accept all of this? But I prayed, and I asked God for a, a, a godly man, but I asked God to arrange my marriage. I, I said, I want whoever you want for me. And I was amazed as God brought me a man that was not only able to accept my past, but he's been willing to um, let me talk about it. I mean, all. Oliver in public, but then he's mm-hmm. even been on interviews with me and he's fully embraced it. And he said one time, he says in that video, you played a clip of earlier that he doesn't see me as my past. He's not yes. dating a transgender person. He said, cause that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I, you Amen. know, God can do a work in, in that man's heart as well. Mm. You know,
1: it's so Amen. powerful. Um, just even to to hear the way and to see the way that Perry looks at you and to know that this is I mean, this is the love that the Lord God gives us in marriage. Right. And and, and, and not yeah. to overshadow, but no matter what our pasts are, what our histories are, there is something about a marital union, the two becoming one flesh. And it's so evident that the Lord has done that uh, between you and Perry. But even with that, Laura, there was still that wrestling, that struggle, those insecurities that came to the surface. The Lord is sufficient even in the midst of all of that, isn't he?
2: Amen. And i that was a huge thing for me, because even though God had really um, healed me from a lot of the gender confusion, I, I hadn't dealt with a lot of the sexual trauma, and I had been so used and abused and rejected by men. And there was a point where I kept telling him, I'm sorry, I've, I've been through all of this. You've got to understand how I was treated. And he finally said one day, this is before we got married, he said, have I not shown you that I love you? Mm. I'm not showing you that I desire you. And I realized I had to stop looking at him through the lens of my past. Mm. And it's kind of like how we have to learn to trust God. I could choose to keep seeing him the way all those other men had treated me, or I could choose to trust that this is a new thing. And Mm. we have to learn to choose to trust God, even if we don't um, feel that yet experientially. And I've learned that I truly can trust him. It's such a beautiful picture of the gospel.
1: Amen. Mm-hmm. Glory to God for what he has done and continues to do in your life. I know that we are trying to sync our schedules up so that we can have both you and Perry on. We're going to do a full hour of a kind of a sit down and talk with the smalls. I'm really looking forward to that. But before we wrap up today, Laura, I'm wondering if you could pray and two prayers, if you wouldn't mind, both for the parents of the prodigals and for those who have also turned away from what they once knew. Um, can we pray for both of them?
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I, I just thank you and praise you um, for your heart, both for the the prodigal and for the parent. Lord, you love us all, and you want to draw us all into deeper relationship with you. So I pray for those parents, Lord, who are discouraged, who feel beat down, who feel pressure to affirm and to celebrate. Lord, I pray you'd encourage these parents, and I pray you'd plant their feet firmly on the solid rock of Christ and in your Word, and I pray you'd encourage them to to be drawn deeper beneath the flood of your presence. And I pray that they would be um, encouraged to keep praying and to not give up and to not listen to the lies of the enemy. But mm-hmm. I pray they'd stand on your promises, Lord, and keep their eyes on you. And I pray for these prodigals, that you would draw their hearts unto you, remove the blinders from their eyes, and, and I pray that you would give them a heart to seek you, give them a hunger and a thirst for your word, and to be, uh, and to seek you once again. And I pray for this miraculous deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen, amen. I will just remind parents uh, who are listening to go to inhisimage.movie and you can click on prayer and you can download a digital copy and begin praying today and ask the Holy Spirit to give you prayer, to lead you in how to pray for those who have been affected by this declining world. We're out of time until tomorrow, Lord willing.
0: God bless.